0: Boat Talk is brought to you in part by Captain Yeo's Flaming Fish Performance Models, handmade miniature wooden sailing vessels, on the web at flamingfish.net, little ships for big kids. Support for Boat Talk also comes from Front Street Shipyard, a midcoast Maine main boat building, repair and storage facility located in Belfast, front street shipyard on penobscot bay offering dockage service and amenities for owners captains and crew online at frontstreetshipyard.com or 930-3740
1: it's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to weru
2: fm 89.9 blue hill 99.9 bangor and streaming online everywhere at weru.org boat talk with your hosts alan sprague and mike joyce is up next
0: Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, second Tuesday of the month, 10 o'clock. Time for Boat Talk here on Community Radio, WERU-FM, Blue Hill, 89.9, 99.9 in Bangor. And on the internet at WERU.org. Boat Talk is a call-in radio show for people contemplating things naval with your old rusty anchors, Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague, 2 uh, longtime boat carpenters and radio guys we will probably keep on doing Boat Talk until we keel over.
2: You've used that one before, I bet.
0: Not on Boat Talk, I don't believe.
2: No? Okay.
0: I, I definitely head, head towards the bottom when I do these puns.
2: There you go. Yeah. Alan is the punny one. Mike Joyce, Alan Sprague, Boat Talk. And uh, we've got... Well, we would call a full boat this morning. We've got several we programs worth material talk fast. just in front of us. Let alone all the other stuff we'll be ignoring.
0: I'll get off with a, one fast talk thing um, for you people who are concerned with the uh, are interested in what's going on with the fisheries here in uh, New England. There is a very very good article this month out in the Fisherman's Voice by Laurie Schreiber. a Very, uh, I'd say, detailed or report. Several pages. But it's a lot of good things there that are uh, explained about the uh, cod fishery and its uh, apparent imminent de- demise. Um, so rather than us hashing it over, we'll just say go to Fisherman'sVoice.com and look up the uh, this month's article called The Wake of the Sacred
2: Cod. Been dying to have a more in-depth uh, talk on boat talk about the lobster fishery too. Get some people on the phone, uh, you know, some fishermen and, and some scientists and such. And uh, things are changing there. And I, uh, well, we still got the eel fishery, for instance, the the eel of fortune, as they say. You want, you know, there's a, a, a what they call that a gold rush fishery. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, kind of a boom and bust. But uh, the traditional fisheries. Yikes! Yeah, it's so a, not a good time to be a fisherman. Yeah. Well, boat talk this morning. As I say, about a full boat. We will be talking uh, hopefully soon to uh, Finn Sprague, Phineas Sprague from Portland Yacht Services. He is uh, the host of the Maine Boat Builders Show. Is coming up. World now world famous Maine Boat Builders Show coming up. We'll talk to Finn in a little bit and uh, later. We will uh, be talking to Greg Roscoe, our friend from Seaworthy Productions. Raw Faith, the movie, has been cast in stone now, and it's it's uh, out to be copied over and, and getting, ready, oh, to, it's getting not, ready to come
0: out. I talked with Greg last night. Is that not technically out yet
2: no it's not out yet yeah. but again it's finished
0: it's yeah they're doing some final i forget what the term is he used but it's like
2: we'll, just we'll get to the 99 done yeah what's ever done that's yeah. a good point but uh the other thing we usually do is talk about local uh, maritime news here clippings from the newspaper but i've left that aside this uh, month and would like to talk for uh, just a minute about the sinking of the hms bounty Mm. Um Another which sad story went down in uh hurricane uh irene was it with sandy sandy, sandy yes uh, just last fall and again the uh boat uh was visited local here this summer i got to uh, uh hang out on the boat i got to talk with people I got a tour of the boat, which was pretty interesting and uh so the the um, coast guard has been holding public um uh testimony on the sinking of the bounty and now that is closed and there are people that are just absolutely shocked and i would be one of them and so we talked about the sinking of this uh, last fall on botox soon after it went down and the question is why would a fella uh take that boat out into a hurricane Especially one reputed to be as as large as Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, you should tell where
0: where this uh, information comes from or is available now.
2: Yep, um, there is a wonderful website. I believe it's uh, mostly oriented towards professional mariners called G Captain. Just the letter G Captain, and uh, they have the whole series of the uh, public hearings on the bounty in there with uh, really knowledgeable testimony. Somebody that was in the uh, meeting. So uh, again, why would a fellow head off into a hurricane like that, well, you can get a ride off the backside of a hurricane if you want to get somewhere and skirt it, and, and uh, you know, it can be done. Now, the boat didn't actually face terrible uh, situation out at sea there. The wind's, uh, you know, 40 to 50 knots, uh, seas 20 feet, very survivable for a solid boat with an excellent, uh, well-trained crew, mm-hmm. but apparently that's not what the bounty was. Um, we have to remember that the bounty was an exhibit. It was privately owned. It was also American flag. That's why the United States Coast Guard gets to look into this, but not the Carnival Cruise Line uh, fiasco from last month. But anyway, um, American flag privately owned, and the boat is uh, trying to make a buck. It takes apprentices, and it goes and exhibits itself in different harbors and at boat shows and stuff. And according to the uh, person who books a lot of these things, bounty is a star attraction. Even in the in the square rigged ship world, because of its provenance, mm-hmm. it's the bounty. Fletcher Christian, Marlon Brando, you know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, it was a. Um uh, pretty good uh, traction. However, it was built in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia, in nineteen sixty, I believe. As a movie prop. As a movie prop, yes, mm-hmm. and never expected to live fifty plus years. No. The Novies, uh, the Blue Noses, are not known for their long-lived boats because they use not the best woods in them all the time. Well, uh, they
0: use what's available, and there's yeah, not the birch, maple, uh, you
2: know yeah. stuff. Uh, and again, not the not known for the so everybody's known that the Bounty has been a little bit. Um, challenged physically for a long time. And it's been worked on recently here. Last year it was into the uh, Booth Bay Regional Shipyard again. Mm -hmm. And among people who testified there was the lead carpenter from the Booth Bay Shipyard, uh, led the project on the bounty.
0: Yeah, now retired. I talked with him actually on the phone about a month after the call.
2: Kozakowski, yeah. And uh, so according to his testimony... They were replacing planks below the waterline and finding rot in the frames and trunnels below the waterline. As they look into that, he was shocked at the amount of rot he was finding above the waterline in the frames. And he called it out to the captain. Captain, come look at this. Captain says, yeah, well, hmm, yeah, uh, I know all about that. You, uh, don't go poking in there. Uh, back to what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Don't look at that. Um, we know all about that. It's not your problem today. So, uh, the shipwright estimated that 75%, three quarters of the framage above the waterline in the bounty was getting dozy. Not solid, yeah. Yeah. He told the captain, Don't take her out in heavy weather, Captain. You know, I wouldn't, uh, you know, we all got a vision of this getting fixed in the future. But in between now and then, would not take her out in heavy weather. Also, the crew has done maintenance there. Now, the crew is the captain and the first and second mate are all professional mariners, licensed professional mariners. The uh, second mate, Matt Sanders, the main Maritime guy, behaved extraordinarily well under uh, incredible uh, circumstances by all accounts. Um, past that, the third mate, the bosun, uh, used to be a landscaper, uh, used to be a horse trainer, uh, you know, they've only ever been on the bounty. They have done maintenance on the boat. They cocked the thing under the waterline with DAP-33, and I, lo- I read that, and I went, what, latex caulk? And no, it was not latex caulk. DAP 33 window glazing. It's window glazing. Window glazing, white, yes. soft, putty stuff. Yeah, yeah they also tried uh, from the Home Depot, where they do not sell Seam compound, which costs about 10 times more than DAP 33 window glazing compound. Yeah. They tried uh, other things from uh, polyurethane caulk you can get at the Home Depot as well. Didn't work. Uh, the ship- shipwright was appalled. Uh, Would you use that, is the Coast Guard question? No, sir, why not? It doesn't work. Um, So anyway, the boat was not that fit. Now, we're out to sea, and the boat is taking on water. We have a number of bilge pumps on the boat, two engine-driven bilge pumps, two uh, regular bilge pumps, and I believe two emergency bilge pumps, including one they bought in England, requested by the English authorities when they entered England. Never been out of the box. Nobody's ever run it. (laughs) <laughs> Nobody knows where it is. The, cor- the fittings are corroded. Yeah. Okay. Nobody has trained with these things. There is no ongoing maintenance log between different crews. Um, the boat does not seem to have a regimen of safety and training that you would hope would have been in place uh, before they met their, their uh, circumstance out there. And again, a well-found boat with an extraordinarily well-trained crew and, a, and a, you know, Captain Lucky Jack Aubrey from Patrick O'Brien, okay? Very survivable, the conditions they were in. But a not-solid boat with a not totally uh, uh, a crew that does not know where everything is and what to do in all kinds of different circumstances uh, is just what happened to them. Uh, they lost two lives. Now, the captain um, was lost during the rescue, which just stunned me. Because all eyes are on the captain. He's he's the center of any crisis. How do you lose the captain? And the idea is that the captain did not want to be rescued.
0: Well, that will remain a, just an idea, won't it?
2: Well, that, we're we're saying that the captain, um, you know, I'm, I'm saying what other people are saying here, and, and again, uh, kind of my opinion as well. Captain did not seem to have a... Uh, a really rigorous training, safety, uh, maintenance regimen on that boat. Not the best captain he can be. But then you get your people into trouble. You make a decision. Um, he was famous for his capstan meetings up on the foredeck. Uh, I got to lean on it myself and chat with the, with the crew. Uh, the capstan, uh, winch, man winch pulls the anchor up. Yep. So we're going to have a capstan meeting in New London, Connecticut before we leave into the storm. Okay, different people have been saying to him, really? Are we?" And he's going, yep, 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 yep. He does not want to talk about it. He's going. Okay, mm-hmm. he's made up his mind. His meetings, capstan meetings, are famous for their lively discussions. The last one they had in New London, Connecticut, went like this. Anybody that wants to get off the boat won't think the least of you. You know, you're free to go. Um, God bless you. You know, good luck. Um, any questions? Untire, let's go. Huh. Mm-hmm. Ah. That was the meeting, Whoa. and off they went. Did anybody get off? No, nobody got off, and uh, the, the crew apparently behaved quite well, not even uh, overly concerned when the starboard rail of the boat is in the water. Anybody seen the bounty, you don't want the rail of that boat in the water. Um, I don't know if that's the boat rolling before it sank or if they were pounding that boat to weather. And if they were sailing that boat into a storm, of course it was leaking. That puts a uh, huge pressure into onto the, the boat itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. always run out from a storm. It never
0: stops working when you get to that. So
2: anyway, the questions of uh, the, uh, uh, again, uh, safety, uh, training, maintenance, the management of the boat, the shoreside management, and the owner are not talking. And the evidence of the HMS bounty is on the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. So then the... Uh
0: the next question is: uh, So the Coast Guard sort of says, "Well, we got to get our act together as far as rules and regulations." You know, what's going to come out of this?
2: Well, that's the idea that they uh, do analyze these. Like you know, it's like uh, airplane crashes too. You take them apart so you can prevent the next one. Mm-hmm. And here's the other remarkable thing: Before we run out of time for this subject, and yeah, and we do again, have
0: Finn standing by. Yeah,
2: um, here's the last cool thing: People's stories are always changing. Initial statements don't match testimony. It is morphing over time, and it's like war stories. Um, You know, it's all done under stress, and in the rearview mirror, it looks kind of different. Little things get set up as as how, you know, however they... Mm It's not important so much what happened as how the story gets told afterwards. That's history, the law, all yep. kinds of things you can you can pin on that. But putting, uh, putting the
0: pieces back together. Yeah,
2: uh, people's stories have uh, morphed a little bit. But uh dot if you're interested in the bounty sinking, a uh, lot more we could talk about there. But but we'll move on, push yep. off, and uh, this is a
0: call-in show too, boat talk. Here on WERU, the number to call in if you'd like to make a comment is 1-866-625-9378. But we're going to go right now to uh, Phineas Sprague down in Portland, who is madly getting together the Main Boat Builder Show. that's going to be coming up this morning or this weekend. Good morning, Finn. Good morning, and how are you? Good. I'm good. Welcome to Boat Talk.
3: Uh, it's, uh, it's nice to be here. Thanks a lot.
0: Sure. Uh, let's just jump right into it. The the show this starting up this weekend is uh, becoming, as Mike says, a a destination more than just a just a show. Well, it's,
3: yeah, it's it's becoming a get. You know, I'm a little got a little bit of Scotch in me, and so I like to call it. I like it when people call it the Gathering of the Clan. Um, it's got you know, it's a place where all friends are, are get together see each other for you know at least once a year, uh, find out what's going on. The people who, you know, are, are coming from a long distance are the uh, are the ones that go back to their yacht clubs and, and say this is what I saw, and uh, so they're the opinion leaders, and yeah. so it's a really great group of people.
2: I would say, Finn, that you have created a classic here. It's it's kind of like uh, if you would the Common Ground Fair or the Blue Show. It doesn't matter who's there; people are just got to come anyway. Yeah. Um. And congratulations on that. How did you start the thing
3: well um we were we were going to all of these the other boat shows, and we just hated them um you know the you you look at them and and our people weren't coming down the aisles you know the, they weren't they weren't the boat people they were uh and then when you went to the booth, you knew more than the guy in the booth about what was going on and so um we we looked at each other, we had a cavernous empty building, and we said, you know, we tried to sell it, the idea to some of the other people that were running events, uh, that, you know, we do an actual show where the people in the booth know, know more about the what's in the booth than anybody else. And each booth has got, you know, a couple minutes worth of real useful knowledge to people who really know both. And, uh, uh, we started out with, you know, 12 people the first year, and I think 700 came, and we, they kept coming, and we were scratching our heads and trying to figure out why it was working so well. And it wasn't until, I think, maybe Wooden Boat issue number 95 that, uh, you know, somebody said that it was, uh, you know, real boats, real people. Um, Uh, And you know the uh, the knowledge in the aisles here is incredible. Uh, uh, Just the people that attend the show uh, are every bit as confident as the people that are in the booth, and the dialogue is pretty incredible. So it's been a you know it's been a sort of a happening, uh, and the old buildings sort of resonate and and uh, add something to the show.
2: You speak of the old building. It's it's just kind of funky. It's kind of uh, spread out and hard to remember where you are. Sometimes it's quite a voyage of discovery <laughs> walking around there, you know.
3: It's, uh, these old buildings are, you know, they date back from the 1840s. This is a an old railroad locomotive foundry and uh, a great old building. And, you know, you look at some of the new Boxes that they put, you know, these professional shows in. And, uh, you know, there's just no character.
0: Finn, sure. do you have a radio going in your background there? I don't. Huh, we're getting a little bit of an echo. and
2: Well, we can deal with it. There were a few years there, Finn, where you tried uh, to ruin my life uh, terribly because the idea being uh, the boat show is coming up and we got to get this done before it gets to the boat show. I was stunned to get down there and see that other people would bring works in progress. Uh, you get uh, everything from, again, you've got not just the salesman and the uh, president of the company, you got the boat builder there, but, but you've got works in project, progress as well as uh, uh, finished things, and, and again, just uh, adds to the range of the show, in my opinion. Well, I, I actually try to convince people that
3: if you have a half-finished boat, and somebody comes by, there there, are much more, many more people who are interested in that boat because they can customize it for themselves. So, um, not only are they really interested in how you're building it, but they look at it and say, well, you know, if that had this feature in it, I'd be interested in buying it. So, if you bring a completed boat, it's usually a boat that's already been sold. Hmm. Uh, but a boat that is, not been sold and, and is in the process of being finished uh, gives the person that's walking by the ability to interact and, and make it their own. So uh, there's a lot of to be said about bringing a boat that isn't complete if it hasn't been sold.
2: Boat shows, of course, are all about business.
3: Absolutely, it it um it has to be sustainable. Um, you know, if I can't bring the good quality of people in to see the builders, they won't want to come. So, you know, the, the uh, there's a lot of things that go on to make the show uh, sustainable. Um, and we have to find the few people in the United States that are really interested in buying a boat. And we have to convince them that this is the, the, the easiest place to come if you want to talk to a whole group of builders. And uh, if you spent the whole summer uh, going up and down the coast, it would be great, but you still would have a hard time meeting this many people.
2: And builders go to the show because they sell stuff. They, you know, I mean, people sell boats at that show. People Absolutely. buy boats.
3: And, and the, uh, I mean, we just had uh, a boat sold. Actually, they were supposed to be in the show, and they pulled out because uh, they sold the boat. And uh, they've been working that particular uh, uh, issue for five years. So the so sometimes it takes a while to get the the boat sold. Yeah. And, and um, uh the, and the the primary lead came from the show. So it it happens all the time.
2: And I'm assuming that uh, the whole thing is an important part of your business as well. Um, well it was certainly a big part of your year
3: it's um it's it's an interesting dynamic the uh, uh, when we started we were you know maybe five people were working at Portland out services and now we're up to almost 40 people and the buildings are chocolate block full of storage boats and if you come here and you'll see that the yard isn't going to fit in we had to take them all outside so uh, we just the boat show is running into the boatyard uh, in a big way, and it's creating quite a dilemma.
2: All stop uh, for boatyard operations and what's really the busy season. It's time to get going. These boats right. are going to be launched pretty soon. There's of, everything to do.
3: Yeah, we sort of laugh at each other and say that we've become, we're going to be carnies for a month. We do a, we actually do a flower show right before the boat show because we, we were approached. And uh, the only time of year that the buildings were empty was right before the boat show. Okay. So uh, we, we were accommodating the, the flower show first, and then we do the boat show. And then sort of we pull ourselves back together again and become a boat yard.
2: I used to ride around with Lady Finn, and she'd say, did you see the flowers in that yard? And I'd say, no, there was no boat in that yard. I didn't notice anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so. Finn, also... More than just uh, boats and boat builders, you, too. You have a great series of lectures too that I think was worth mentioning.
3: Yeah, well, we we um, we have uh, lectures that go on for the whole show. There's three or four or five of them a day, and um, uh, they 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 vary from pretty technical uh, discussions on uh, how you know if you have an insurance claim uh, on your boat and it's a major damage, how how you deal with the surveyor and the insurance companies, which is sort of a sad things. And, and uh, we also have uh, uh, people like Gordon Lacco, who's, uh, uh, who's an expert on rigging, on how to re-rig a classic boat. And uh, Rob Benson from PYS, is, we call it the war, uh, Wall of Fame. And that's uh, a look at some of the things that we pull out of the boat. Uh, pretty
0: uh, incredible stuff. I, uh, amazing. Uh, Vin, to, just to jump in, I did put the uh, the picture that you sent me of the uh, transducer mount um, on the Boat Talk website and on our Facebook. So people who uh, may be listening online can take a look at that. But won't you quickly describe what
3: what that was? Well, um, you know, this this I have to attribute to Dave Orr at New England Fiberglass. He was at another yard. Uh, estimating some work, and he walked by a sailboat. He took a look at it, and it, he saw a transducer, and uh, he took about three more steps forward, and a light went on, and he went back to it. And, and, and uh, he found, this is on a sailboat. It's about, I can't remember, about three feet under the waterline. But a stern transducer that you'd find on a on a on an outboard hanging off the transom and a deck uh, uh, wire grommet attached to the hull where the wire went in up through the hull. No through-hull fitting. And, and uh, it's pretty amazing to see how creative people are. I'm sure that that thing might have worked.
2: And then took that wire out out through the hull and then hung a bracket, right? A plastic bracket, on the hull. And then hung the thing on the bracket, which yep. can all get... Uh, smuck by a fish, or a rock, or a wave,
3: or you know. Oh, it's a, um, you know, but but what you find is just you know absolutely amazing. You know the uh, you know the issues that we see on a on a day to day basis. Is we we do about four thousand work orders a year. So you know when when we come into a boat and it's got a problem, you have to chase the problem down, and uh, uh, it. And sometimes the cause is, is, you know, is is pretty amusing.
2: And we're not saying this uh, installation wouldn't work. Uh, it looks like it probably would work, but yeah, it, it, just but small it may, holes may not last, and it might sink the boat. Other than it's that, a it,
3: small detail. Yeah, yeah, it may
2: work. Phineas uh, Sprague from Portland Yacht Services. We're talking about the upcoming uh, and absolutely classic main boat builders show. Is this weekend starts Friday? Isn't that correct? It
3: starts on Friday. It goes from. 10 to 6 on Friday, 10 to 6 on Saturday, and 10 to 4 on Sunday. And the the last talk is going to be Lincoln Payne uh, and Lincoln's uh, World Maritime Historium. And uh, it's going
2: It's an inexhaustible subject. Hey, uh, small neighborhood, we got we gotta ask you too. We're gonna be talking to our friend Greg Roscoe uh, coming up real uh, right after you, Finn, and and um, he's just made a movie out of Raw Faith. Now you know Raw Faith and, and know George McKay, didn't you?
3: Absolutely. I tried to put an umbrella over his head. Tried to help him out. Oh, uh, uh, I'm very sad that the uh, the story ended the way it did. I it, it wasn't necessary for that to happen. No. Uh, he he, uh, he just got him just had bad and a hard time making good decisions.
2: Do you think you're where we are in the movie Finn. How about you think you made the movie?
3: Uh, it's possible. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty direct. He might have cut me.
2: Can't wait to. Can't, I,
3: I, I was hearing your talk about the bounty, and I listened to that, uh, and I have to say that the main maritime grad was on that boat. He can be on my boat anytime.
2: Matt Sanders.
3: Yeah, yeah. I am um,
2: good man. Thoroughly
3: impressed with you know his determination and his ability to stick his head down and in really trying. to, Desperate situations work until there, there were no other alternatives.
2: Way deep in the engine room.
3: Great, you know what a what a what a testament to uh, Maine Maritime Academy.
2: Yep, yeah, couldn't and agree what more. They put out. Couldn't agree more.
3: And uh, uh, very sad to have lost the bounty mm. and the captain and the, and the crew. But uh, I had uh, uh, John Johansson send me a list of all the boats that were lost in the great Portland Gale, and it's a really impressive list. And, uh, you know, every single captain there made a mistake. And, uh, you know, that's part of the having the responsibility of being a captain. And it doesn't come easy, and the mistakes are hard.
2: Great point, and it's not exactly the same thing, but... Um the insurance people will tell you that a lot of the losses from Hurricane Sandy were on shore, and specifically boats that were hauled on shore had their drain plugs pulled out and then floated again and sank because yeah. they they had purposeful holes in them and such. So, again, at sea, uh, on the shore, it's, it's all tricky as heck around the boatyard, isn't it, Finn? Absolutely, yeah. and, you
3: know, with, you know the, pro- the responsibility of a captain is to... Uh, to uh, make sure the crew and the vessel are safe and sometimes you don't do you don't make it
2: mm-hmm. yeah
3: all right well anyhow i
2: must uh, have must have something else to do this morning get get ready for that boat show uh
3: yeah. you know the the uh, the mulch is just leaving the building <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right finn we'll we'll let you i'll tell you one more quick story before we let yeah? you go though i was talking with Giffy full a couple of days ago and uh he was down in maryland at the time uh, and the uh, big snowstorm just recently was going through New York area, and he said, "Jeez," he says, "I don't know if I want to leave through this or not." He says, "But I'm going to." He says, "I, I really, I got to make it back for the boat show."
3: So Kiff, you know, <laughs> is, tries to come through every year, and he's one of those people that I was hinting about that's in the aisle. and uh, you know, most people come to the boat show with a with with a mission in mind, and if you can't get the itch scratched in the booth. Then you know it's the people in the aisles uh, actually are, are available and are perfectly happy to to uh, talk about what's going on. Yeah, and so it's a lot of fun.
2: It is a lot of fun. Giffy, of course, one of the world's uh, most uh, experienced marine surveyors and a, uh, a co-host as as uh, opportunity arises here on Boat Talk uh, and and just a character.
3: Good Have fellow. you ever? talked to um, Bruce Schwab.
2: No, I haven't. You know, um, uh, boat designer, sailor. You know,
3: Bruce Schwab is the Globe guy. Right. Circumnavigator.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: And he started doing a lot of these energy-efficient batteries. And uh, he's got a pretty interesting project. He's working on Peter Bloch Ceramco right now, down in Puerto Rico. So that's a neat project that's going on. And he's going to be talking about his uh, energy independence and the new lithium batteries.
2: Yeah,
3: and then people—I'm just thinking people that are interested in the new LED lights and how to retrofit those. Uh, on on uh, Friday evening, um, uh, the uh, IMTRA is going to be talking about the you know what you might find on your boat today and be able to put the LEDs on it. Incredible break.
2: That's power, power consumption hugely.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, huge, huge uh, opportunity for for boaters to really cut down their uh, without ruining their lifestyle. Cut down the amount of energy that the boat's using. Right.
0: That's that's uh, Kinder Woodcock. That's right. He's going to be giving the talk? And um, Bruce's talk is on Saturday afternoon at one o'clock.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, I would. That LED stuff is really amazing.
0: Well, and,
2: thanks for the heads up.
0: Well, we need to uh, go on to Greg now. Ben, okay. it been great talking you're, to you. Greg, my best. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank
2: you. Well, Mike. Uh, we, was... uh, we are doing Boat Talk. Uh, it's our t- our time of the month, our second Tuesday, and uh, Boat Talk, again, pretty full boat this morning.
0: What do you think about a Boat Talk booth down
2: at the boat show? Well, um, that would really bring it down, wouldn't it? You know, uh, it's interesting, and I uh, have... Resisted. The obvious idea would be to run around the boat show with a tape recorder and stuff. I was
0: just thinking we could plant one on Giffy while he's walking around.
2: I've never enjoyed the um, uh, field recordings where you have a microphone and you have to uh, in your face. <laughs> yeah, you have to ask a question, and then you have to put the microphone in the other person's face, yeah. and I just so dislike that. And the boat show um, aura there does, you know, doesn't. Speak doesn't call out to me to be doing that in a crowd, so mm-hmm. um, that's why we haven't been on that. But uh, yeah, always, I don't know they got room for us either, Alan, so there. <laughs> that place just full up and spilling out in the parking lot. Uh, yeah. The boat show is, again, uh, no Definitely. lack of, of uh, people wanting to exhibit. A good trip, yeah. And uh, always a uh, surprising amount of people that come through that place. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands and thousands, dear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Greg. Phones ringing. Phone.
2: What's going on? The lights are flashing. Think, all, all,
0: confused here. I think Greg is right there. Good morning, Greg. Good morning,
1: Alan. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me back.
2: Oh, Greg Roscoe, we've been waiting for you. And, uh, Greg, you are also known as Seaworthy Productions, and you had just recently uh, produced some sort of movie. Could you tell us about it, please?
1: Sure. Well, is <laughs> uh, you guys were speaking with with Finn, and yes, Finn is. Is in the movie too. All right. Um, yeah, we uh, one thirty in the morning Saturday. We we finished uh, getting to what they call picture lock, where the editing is all done. And uh, so, in terms of, of telling the story and uh, having all the construct finished, we hit that milestone. And now there's uh... a bunch of spit and polish things The project is uh... in portland at michael mcginnis productions studios for sound mastering and then uh... post office editorial in camden is going to color correct the project so there's uh... it's done but it's uh... got some things uh... that are going on uh... as we we move our way into distribution mode
2: um greg we're gonna we have a new phone system here we're gonna ask you to uh, speak up as much as possible. We got this tinny echo in the background there louder you talk uh, I think it is uh better here just thinking uh and from your description there, making a movie's a lot like making a boat uh surprisingly labor intensive surprisingly expensive um all you know never done uh go back and tweak and you touch the same more, yeah. parts of it over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, on uh Sunday, uh, you know, we, we didn't make big changes. We had, uh, a rough draft that we had just reality checked with a few people, uh, you know, two weeks ago or so, and so we had a, a pretty good sense of it a couple weeks ago. And then we went back and, and really wanted to, as you said, go back and touch everything and make sure it all worked. And, and, uh, you know, after about 20 hours of it, uh, on Sunday, I'm sitting down and, and I remember shooting off an email to my, uh, my editor saying, well, what did we do with this clip? Did we forget? Did we really decide to, you know, leave that one out or did we forget about it? And, you know, so at some point you, uh, it all becomes a little bit fuzzy, but it's, it, it's a lot like building a boat, my dear. You're exactly right.
2: How about the uh, fundamentals here? What's the actual title of the
1: movie? Uh, simplicity is Elegance. It's called Raw Faith. Uh, it is 97 minutes. And um, mm-hmm. as, as I said, we've got uh, the spit and polish that'll take us through the rest of March. Uh, and all of my attention has been invested in getting to picture locks. So now I begin to shift uh, into stuff that uh, I know a lot less about. Um, you know, Ice Blank, the, the first film I threw out there without a lot of social media uh, involvement, and being a bit of a Luddite, I've grudgingly admitted that uh, social media huh. can, can be sort of helpful and... I'm sticking my toe into you know this whole Facebook um, <laughs> you know thinking about whether or not I need to do a blog and uh, just just making the the some of connecting the, the the dots to start creating the buzz and the kind of the path forward is a little hazy because there's cart and horse issues around you know I think one obvious question is well when do we get to see it? and um, one of the things I'd like to do is to hopefully create a little bit of a buzz through film festivals, and uh, going to a film festival is a lot like losing your virginity in that uh, the, the big ones want you to premiere the movie at their film festival, and so, you know, you can only premiere once, and uh, so part of it is, is going to, there's a couple of big film festivals coming up. Some of them, we've just missed the the deadline, but there's a couple coming up. And, uh, if, if, we can get into those, uh, then it's worth, worth waiting a little bit, uh, in order to, you know, help create some momentum from that. And then we can get into things like local and regional, uh, film showings in the area, uh, at the same time, I'm going to be working on getting uh, DVDs uh, into production so that those are available. Uh, so just a whole host of the, you know, distribution end game, nuts and bolts stuff that, uh, you know, goes with, you know, go, it's not just about making the film because you got to get it out there so people can see it. And that's the other part of it.
2: Back to our boat metaphor there. Yeah, it's hard enough to build a boat, but, uh, you know, you're not in business unless you sell it.
1: Right. It's got to be sustainable. Um, you know, I've got in and, and you're right, it's expensive. I've got a lot of money wrapped up, a lot of my time. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I didn't, the, the film was, it's a lot like Roth faith. It was a passion project. Uh, I didn't do it as a business venture. Um, but, you know, being a, a boat owner and boat builder myself, you can have, you can only have so many extremely expensive hobbies and that story starts to wear thin at home real quick.
2: We've um, covered the raw face story right from the get-go, uh, from the building of the boat. and um, Yes, you have. Yeah, and we apparently are reoccurring uh, through the, the movie, uh, uh, commenting on it through the Boat Talk uh, archives here. But um, the story has... Lots of great angles to it, and we went on the boat building and dream end, and we even, uh, I was very shy about talking of uh, the family had a crisis building this boat and found it just impossible to go there on Boat Talk. What I'm saying here, Greg, is there's lots of material there, more than we ever even talked about. Did you have a hard time coming up with a storyline here? Did it kind of, did the movie kind of make itself in a way, lead you,
1: that is, boy, you know, we could spend a couple hours on that question, and I'll I'll try to give you a pithy answer to it. But as you know, the the one of the things that creates such a such a richness to the story is all there are so many different elements um, and so many different points of view and people who were a part of the story that. Uh, Richness was both a curse and a blessing. Um, my my colleague in uh, Camden, David Perez, uh, you know, as we were talking about, uh, you know, how much emphasis do you put on this topic versus this topic, and he called, you know, some of these are he called them rabbit holes, and that's my new favorite saying. Huh. And that you got to you got to be careful because you know you sort of you pick something you disappear down the hole and you don't come up and people lose interest and uh, there are so many things that we could have focused on that you really did have to both walk the line of portraying the richness of all of the different elements but still have a sense of story come out at the end and that was the challenge and viewers will have to decide for themselves whether we did that. But uh, I'm very excited with
2: what we ended up with. Nice. I've actually um, talked to my friend Tom McKay, who saw a cut of the movie. And, mind you, uh, here's my question to Tom. I said, Tom, mind you, this movie is about you, okay, and your family. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, you know, uh, what would you think of it? He says, well, I, he says, I really liked it, Mike. He, th- he thought it was really well done. Fair and balanced, I think he uh, said, from different points of view. And he also said that uh, sometimes uh, he really liked it, sometimes it made his stomach tighten, and some things he didn't like at all. And I said, Tom, just like living the experience, wouldn't <laughs> you say? And, and yeah, so, uh, again, maybe you've uh, been embarrassed by the rich uh, subject material there, but I hear you've done a good job.
1: Well, it, it it really was a challenge, and uh, I think one thing, and, and people are going to react, different people are going to react differently, and even within the small circle of colleagues that I showed the rough cut through, I had a variety of different reactions, which in some way was reassuring, um, but in Tom... I I guess one thing I want to say is that I I know some people will say, well, in in terms of being balanced and fair, that means you took all the controversy out and made it vanilla. And I I really didn't do that. And I think when when Tom was using the words sort of balanced and fair, I think what he was really referring to is that there was a, a broad array of perspectives in play throughout the whole history of the project. And uh, I tried to be comprehensive in, in having a lot of different perspectives brought to the table. And, um, you know, at the same time, I, I didn't want to use things, you know, just for effect at the expense of somebody's reputation, just because it would be dramatic. So I was also very careful that the things that we did use represented you know, at least my sense of of what an accurate portrayal of the issue was. Um, you know, and, it, and it's a challenge. And, and people, I, I think, are going to say, "Well, you know, you had this bias, or you know, you were you didn't take you didn't explore this strong enough, or you were too easy on things." And it's uh, it, so. You know, I know that people are going to be all over the place on this, and uh, as long as people are talking about it, then I'll, I'll be happy.
2: There you go. Now, uh, let's get back to the social media. Uh, Boat Talk has a Facebook page now, and uh, it occurs to me I ought to contribute to it, and I've even got a Facebook page, but it's just sort of there. I got tricked into it, and and so I've gone to the Boat Talk Facebook page and, and tried to enter. I can't figure it out, how to enter something. Alan's going to teach me today, I'm hoping. Mm. So uh, I'm telling you, Greg, you've got no choice in that matter. You've got to, <laughs> you know, blogging, yes, uh, you know, uh, you've got to get it. You know, there's just no way around it nowadays. And the, the potential connections are just incredible. We got liked from North Hollywood, California, I just noticed, among other places, you know, uh, stuff like that
1: yeah, you're absolutely right. and and it, it isn't that uh, i'm I'm sort of pushing back. Uh, it's a different world for me and for film and the tools that are available to you. Uh, and it's just that I haven't had another project in a few years since Ice Blink came out. And uh, these are absolutely tools that are out there, and I'm not it isn't that I'm a reluctant embracer of them. For the film distribution is just as an individual. I haven't been a Facebook guy, so it's all new. I've got my kids as consultants, so <laughs> I'm good to go.
2: You mentioned your other film, uh, Ice Blink. It's the story of our friends David and Jaja Martin.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're still uh, living in Bremen, and uh, I saw them uh, a few months ago, and uh, they're 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 still they're still keeping on keeping on.
2: Last time I visited uh, Dave there in Bremen, he was uh, working on a Wareham Trimoran, and uh, he's a fellow that doesn't let grass grow under him uh, too high, so I'm guessing that that uh, they've been pretty busy and, and advancing. But, uh, again, uh, I can't think of the name of uh, Dave's book. It was just excellent, and you made a movie. It, how people
1: like. Your book was Into the Light. Into, Into the Light. Light, yeah.
2: Wonderfully done book. Uh, very philosophical. He took his family to places people don't even cruise, and he took the kids. Uh, you Norway in the winter sort of thing. And and But a very philosophical book as well as uh, uh, Dave, very able uh, seaman uh, and family man too. But uh, how can anybody access that? through Seaworthy Productions, if they're interested. It's a
0: beautiful, beautiful, I'll, I'll add to it. Uh, lots of great uh, iceberg shots there that are, it's very, very visually pleasing.
1: Yeah, well, too interesting, uh, we did create a Facebook page uh, for Ice Blink, and so there is, uh, in fact, I think Holly has been populating that from time to time with some updates, and the uh, website, for Ice Blink, that the Martins maintain is uh, iceblinksale.com, and uh, both uh, the film Ice Blink and their book Into the Light uh, can be accessed through their website there.
2: Where do people go for more information on the Raw Faith film?
1: Well, here's what I'll commit to that is that, uh, as I mentioned, I was up till 2 in the morning uh, this weekend finishing the film, so. I've uh, just started turning my attention to, uh, I have placeholders for a Raw Faith website. I've got placeholders for a Facebook page, but they're not really up and running yet. So I would say within the next week to 10 days, what I'll do is send you guys an email, and we can put a link on your Facebook page to uh, how to keep, keep in touch with, what's going on with Raw Faith. And in fact, one of the things that uh, I'm going to start doing is to collect emails uh, from people who would like a personal update on uh, things that are going on, if there's opportunities, when the DVD becomes available, Uh, if there's an article. I expect that there's going to be some review articles and some of the sailing magazines of the film in the not-too-distant future. So there'll be all sorts of things to keep abreast of. So, we'll have uh, an email update, we'll have a Facebook page, and a website that should be up before the end of the month.
2: Cool. And uh, clips, I suppose, you could put up there. It just occurred to me we're in a poor medium. We're talking about it's like reading about music in the Rolling Stone. You can't hear nothing. We're talking about a movie on the radio. You can't see nothing, you know?
1: Right. Well, nope. We're going to put uh, clips up. We're going to have, uh, in fact, the, the very next thing I'm going to start working on is the trailer. Uh, but we are going to, in the interim, we'll we'll have some clips from the film up uh, on YouTube and with links from Facebook and the website. So you're putting your finger on all the hot buttons, Mike. Right go
2: go back to the trailer, please. Greg, is the trailer available at present time?
1: No, no. We uh, that's coming the soon. The next thing to the next thing to construct.
2: Yep. All right. And again, never done. You can put more varnish on anything, you know, uh, when you're building the boat. And so, Greg.
1: Well, it's- Yep, we're just shifting gears uh into the distribution end game and uh you know, as I said, there's still spit and polish uh on the film even though it's cut. It's not not ready for distribution yet. And then, you know, there's all the cart and horse stuff. So but we're getting there. By by spring summer, uh there should be some substantive news around opportunities to see Ralph Payton. Good.
0: Looking forward to it. When you said uh, earlier that you're you have taken the your movie to um, in for some color correction. Uh, now, there's nothing uh, off color that we said on Boat Talk that's going to be corrected. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, uh, I would have to say one of my favorite quote of yours that we we put in the film was, uh, was Mike talking about just because a boat has changed your life, can you automatically assume it's changed your wife's life too? And then there's a, a chuckle from one of the calling things. And... Uh, I would say anybody who's a boater out there is is gonna is gonna laugh at that one. It was one of my hmm. one of my favorite boat talk quotes that we got, <laughs> got prominently featured in the film. So watch for that one when it comes out.
2: Boy, and that's me trying to be diplomatic and not you know not talk too much about the family business there. But Greg, something else occurs to me. Um, you know, I would think that uh, your association with boat talk will be nothing but gold for you because the last movie that Boat Talk was associated with just won an Oscar. The Life of Pi won Best Director. And we featured our friend Steve Callahan was the Marine uh, Safety Technical Advisor on that. Ang Lee came down here and went sailing with uh, Steve and got his vision of the ocean from uh, our friend. And again, we don't think that the Oscar uh, would have been possible without the Boat Talk connection, so I'm (laughs) telling you... We are just pure gold in the movie business, connected to now.
0: Yeah, that's why we get the big bucks here. Hey, hey, trust
1: me, I'm grabbing on tight to your coattails right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That and the Facebook page, uh, like I say, you'd be really in business. There
1: you go. That'll put me right over the top.
0: So, Greg, I, we're really uh, looking forward to seeing this movie now. We're going to be uh, sitting here with Bait Breath waiting for uh, news on when we're going to be able to get a hold of that. We'll, uh, we'll put it up immediately on the Boat Talk page, too, as soon as we find out. Yep. Got well, and,
1: and one thing that I'll uh, I'll do as soon as uh, uh, we have the, the, the finished color-corrected version, I'll give you guys uh, an advanced copy uh, before the DVD is ready so that uh, you'll you'll know that it really exists. Can't wait. Uh, but you guys have been, you know, so helpful that uh, you absolutely deserve one of those. And uh, as I said, maybe at the end of the month, uh, we'll be in that position. And uh, as soon as it's ready, I'll get it right out to you.
2: Sure, that'd be worth an Emmy right there. Well, my legal team hasn't received the documents on the back end and all that from your legal team either. So, uh, you know. All right,
1: sorry. we'll have your people call my people.
2: I've pretty <laughs> much got it spent already too, buddy. I'm just saying. Now, uh, what's the... Um, What's the next idea for Seaworthy Productions, Greg?
1: Seaworthy uh, Productions has got to get out in his front yard and start building that diesel duck.
2: Ah, boat building project out uh, that you've been working on for a while now. Yeah. Um, no movie idea percolating, just uh, begging to get out at the present time? Going to take a well, breath?
1: Well, I, I, I do, but, um, boy, if I don't get going on this, on this, on uh, on the boat building project, I, gotta, I have to shift gears and... And, and to be honest with you, the the distribution thing is almost a full-time uh, effort for a good part of the year, so uh, I've got to, just making the film isn't enough, I've really got to throw myself and do the heavy lifting, you know, head chef, sous chef, and bottle washer, uh, it, the, the thing doesn't get out there unless you, you know, move it around, so... Uh, you know, as much as I'd like to have another project out there that the, you know, it's the heavy lifting on keeping a buzz going, uh, working, you know, distribution deals and looking at broadcast and selling stuff. And so my next year is, is spoken for in whatever discretionary time that I've got uh, I'm boat building season for me because I'm out building outside. It's right around the corner. Uh, it's going to be a combination of uh, distribution activities and uh, working on getting that diesel duck going.
2: Well, hopefully the diesel duck's a good place to, uh, again, chill out after the uh, pressures of, of uh, living in the, the publicity world, you know.
1: Hey, chilling, uh, I'm not sure chilling to work that I would
2: do, but <laughs> well, it'll be, chilling it'll, for it'll the be fir- a
1: distraction it'll
2: be a distraction that's a good word <laughs> um me- uh, at best it can be a meditation that's that's what i was hoping for there but anyway right. uh, greg roscoe speaking for to us from down in falmouth this morning raw faith the movie on the verge of release and uh, again uh the boat talk uh, crew here appears in it as an ongoing uh, i guess our voice comes back through it uh through the movie commenting on different parts of it and we couldn't be happier to be uh, Associated with you, Greg, and can't wait to see the movie and brag her up.
1: Boy, you guys were, were very helpful, and I just want to publicly uh, thank you for all the, you know, all the help. And uh, when I needed this, that, and the other, uh, you and Alan were right there. So, so thank you for that. And uh, you did, you did, a, you had an important role in in helping shape uh, the look of the film. So, so thank you, and uh, watch for yourselves pretty darn soon.
2: Cool. Greg Roscoe. Thank you, Greg. All right. Well, uh, credit where credit is due, too. I I would say to Greg, uh, hey, I'd be glad to help you with that, and then I'd get an email that says, Alan's already taken care of it. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> so there, that's how things work around here. And maybe you will teach me how to enter onto the Facebook page. We'll uh, do that
0: next. I won't, I'm waiting yeah. for some of your blogs. Mike.
2: And then we could uh, post something, and, you know, it's all connected. Boat all right. Talk, second Tuesday every month. BoatTalk.org and... Uh, Facebook Boat Talk. See you next month. Support for Boat Talk made possible in part by Gamble & Hunter Sailmaker.